Well, hey there, friend. I am recording this on January 1st, 2022. I think it's 7 a.m. The sun has just risen, rose, rised here in the mountains of Utah. And it has snowed so much in the last week that every day you have to shovel three or four times a day just so that you can walk outside of your house and or drive your car. That's something you want to do. But the clouds have cleared, I think only for a moment. We're supposed to be getting another mega system in, but it's it's like a winter fairyland. I wish you could see it, but thank you so much for being here with me. I have put, it's so interesting because on the one hand, I put a lot of time and energy into this. And on the other, it looks so different than what a lot of time and energy used to look like for me. And that's really what I want to talk about for this episode. The work does not equal the work. And I hope to give you a little bit of insight as to what this podcast is going to look like for the rest of this year, but also (laughs) know that that is subject to change in any moment. And as I was trying to not work yesterday and spend the day with my family and my partner, and really be in the present moment. That actually was really, really hard work for me. You're listening to this because you're a trailblazer, a visionary, a rule breaker, a creative, unique, perfect energy being. And I can't even imagine what your to-do list looks like. And I'm not saying this to stress you out. I'm just saying, like, I get you. I see you. I am you. <laughs> and there's always a sublime amount to be done and, and not just, you know, quote unquote work, as in the thing we trade time and or energy for in order to receive currency, flow, financial gain, social recognition, pats on the back, creative output, whatever, whatever your jam is. We also have just like regular old life, taking care of this spacesuit that we're in and, you know, taking care of those people who are both related to us by blood and also related to us by choice and looking after this environment and world that we get to participate in and the communities within which we move around and the grids in which we roam around and Yeah, man, it can be overwhelming when you really sit down and and think about it. And then trying to take some space so that you can actually create, you can actually give, you are filling from a full cup. Yeah, the programming runs real deep about how we're not allowed to do that. And I got to sit with that yesterday. All of the stories and narratives and paradigms and perspectives, and like I said, old programs that don't let me stop. And I'm sure they don't let you stop either. Some of the things that came up for me were, well, if you if you aren't working, if you're not doing this a little bit every day, you'll lose momentum. You'll grind to a halt, which is definitely a story I tell. You've heard me say it, I'm sure. Also, if you don't want to be doing this in every single moment, then you don't really want it. And there are people who don't stop. They're constantly replying to every single Instagram message, email. They're on all of the platforms. They're selling all of the things all of the time. And that's what you need to do in order to be successful, so on and so forth. And it's exhausting. However, one of the temptations 
especially for me, hopefully you can relate, in order to combat these fears, this uncertainty, these doubts, and this comparisonitis, the not enoughness, is to plan everything out, to structure it. And I've suggested this. It is one of the foundations from where I start and begin to work with my clients, understanding how they work, what gives them that structure, that certainty, that safety and security. And if we've learned nothing in the last couple of years, there is no such thing. It is a complete illusion to plan, <laughs> to <laughs> structure, <laughs> to schedule. And I mean, just in the last couple of days, one of my homes is Denver, Colorado. And I say that not like I do have multiple places, but it's it. Guilt comes up. Fear comes up of what you'll think about that if I'm trying to brag. And the reality is, is I'm just a gypsy, <laughs> a generational gypsy, and I'm a rolling stone. So I have I have a few different places that truly are anchors for me, and, and Denver is one of them. And I think over 400 homes burned. And then there was also a shooting where a business owner who was full of hate and resentment attacked competitive, quote unquote, business owners and murdered a few. And I should, I'll put trigger warning in the description of this. And the people who crossed the Rainbow Bridge, they were leaders and healers and artists and givers. And I, I share those two examples only because there is nothing that anyone could have done in those instances to plan, to protect, to secure. They were just complete random acts of chaos and perhaps creation. You'll hear me say often, we are the creators of our own reality. And I say that to empower you, to empower myself. But when we are also participating in a world and in an environment where true chaos and true hate exists, it can feel a little bit like victim blaming. And, th and that's probably a euphemism for how upsetting it can be to hear you created this when this is torturous. I am always going to choose the perspective that I did this, I created this, and therefore I can change it. And one of the things I'm going to be talking a lot more about this season, season two, all about the woo is that in every moment we have a choice. And I've talked about this before in terms of pessimism and optimism and the perspective that was offered to me, the choice that was offered to me, that they are as realistic as the other. Wandering through this world, waiting for something horrible to happen, planning for something hideous and chaotic and destructive to occur so that we're more prepared, we're more secure, we're more safe. Sure. That is absolutely a path you could walk. There is also a path that is filled with magic, filled with love, completely enveloped in support and divinity and purpose. And that path feels very different than the other one. And they are just as relevant and realistic as the other. Now, sure, there's a million paths in between those two. And again, you can choose in any moment to be on whichever path serves you best. I've just realized that that path filled with magic and optimism and purpose and divinity, firstly, is a far more enjoyable path to be on. 
But secondly, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. On that path, I experience magic and miracles and dreams in every moment of every day, even the most horrible, challenging, confrontational, terrifying experiences. So yesterday, or actually this whole week, my whole goal was to plan out 2022. Last week of the year. So let's get the next year done and dusted, right? I do my annual planning once a year, and then I tend to reverse engineer that quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. Why? (laughs) As I was sitting on the floor surrounded by papers and notes and ideas and plans and concepts, some of which have been around for two years, and thinking, this is the year, this is the year it's going to happen. And all of this resistance popped up. Like, this is impossible. You're never going to be able to do this. You're dreaming too big. This is embarrassing. You're shameful. Look at your numbers. This is impossible. Like, okay, sure. Rather than fight that, I really sat with it. In fact, I actually sort of laid back and closed my eyes and, and felt those particular voices in my body and kind of went back to where they came from and where I first learned that I can't and it's impossible. and this is too much. You want too much. And through that exploration, I realized this exercise of planning, especially a year out, is fantastic. It is a very useful. And also, it's complete make-believe. <laughs> it's the both and. And that's okay. My ego wants certainty, security, a plan to know what's going to happen next. And if you've worked with me, and I'm sharing this because it's actually, it's been a complete game changer working with other people and trying to sort of embody this duality of the both and, right? Well, we need to plan, we need structure, we need to-do lists, we need all of this linear ways of working. And also, we need to embrace the chaos. We need to be ready for anything. And we need to know that these plans can change at any moment, even if it's just because I don't feel like doing them anymore. And that's okay, too. Even if we have contracts, even if we've made promises, things change. And when you're working with other people, their ego wants the same thing. Their mind, their own planning, their own structure. They've got dependents and perhaps other employees or vendors or their own contracts and obligations that they've got to take care of. And so what we need to do is step out these agreements, these exchanges with the understanding that this may change. And if that happens, how should we approach it? So I've been getting better and better about communicating that, especially with the people that I work with, that, look, there's absolutely a plan of attack. And I will do my very best to communicate if and when that changes. And what I will always do as well is then give that ego, that person, and in my own ego as well, a timeline around it. Because when we feel like we've got certainty, we relax. And it's okay if it's an illusion. In that relaxation, in that pause, in that space, you are then able to make creative choices. You've stepped into that place of trust. You've moved up that energy ladder. And despite the fact that we all know this illusion, (laughs) this certainty is make-believe, it enables us to move forward. It takes us out of this liminal space. My partner works in construction, and the thing he hates doing the most are the budgets and the schedules because they're bullshit. And at the very beginning of every project, they spend a whole week putting these things together. And he really, he refuses to do it. 
I've certainly worked with him on. I can't vouch for his his boss or employer. As again, the whole point is we're just trying to coordinate like a hundred different people. <laughs> and this is a starting point. This is what enables everybody to line up at the gate so that when the gates open, everyone can start running. And sure, things are going to change. That's why the actual is where we do the learning. This is why when we're planning, when we're setting goals and targets, it's not about hitting that exact metric. It's about what we learn in the process. And that's really what I want to dive into because what we learn in the process can be really hard and really challenging and really defeating, or it can be illuminating and inspirational and expansive. That's your choice. So how do we step into this place where despite the fact it feels like making plans is the biggest waste of time and energy, setting goals for the year, picking a word for the year, New Year's resolutions. I mean, all of this just feels trite. <laughs> it feels just like watching an old movie. You're like, oh, this is really cute. Remember that? And also like, wow, the <laughs> what was okay then is just so not okay now. So creating a more enjoyable experience. Firstly, you are in charge of that. And again, I know that feels like fucking victim blaming and everything sucks and everything's hard and you don't know which way to get out of it. That's a really, really hard thing to hear. I get that. I always joke around. I'm not the person you call if you just want somebody to like pat you on the bum and get you some ice cream. I'm the person that you call when you're done having sat in a pool of open, eaten, emptied ice cream containers and your own tears and resentment and regret and you're sick of your own shit that's I'm a great person to call then but like how did we get here right and one of the things I stumbled upon recently was all beliefs are limiting every single thought we have creates this container and yes that container feels safe and secure and predictable and that's how we stay stuck it is your own thoughts or potentially your own reactions. Some of us feel it first. And we're just so used to feeling that thing when that person does this or says that, it becomes its own self-fulfilling prophecy. I've spent the last week, actually, we're pushing about 10 days with my parents. And I mean, if you've been listening to this, you know, in the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time with them. My mom's sick. My dad's a good maniac. And I guess I've chosen a, a character and a role where I am doing my best to support them as they transition into older experiences, aging experiences, limited experiences for them. And my dad pushes all of my fucking buttons. Like the term narcissism is thrown around. He is a diagnosed certifiable narcissist and that has enabled him to be incredibly successful. He was literally well, his brother was born in an actual sewer. He was not far off. And yeah, he's he's created an unbelievable amount of success because he is so compartmentalized in his own experience. He is the only one in it. And that is that is the true definition of a narcissism, of narcissism, of a narcissist. They're not actually capable of understanding, let alone relating to other people. And they don't that they don't care. <laughs> and so, I mean, he walked in just a minute ago, even though I said I'm going to be recording this, it'd be really great if we could be quiet. And he pushes all of my buttons. And I have a little brother who lives nearby. And just living near family for me is a pretty new experience or having to deal with anybody on a learn to racist because of my gypsy lifestyle. 
I generally get to pick and choose who I hang out with and when and for how long. So these are all really fun experiences for me. And my brother and my dad, they're both just very self-centered, which I actually applaud. It would be amazing to wander through the world the way they do because they get to just do whatever the fuck they want. And I started to take that personally. It hurt my feelings when they would make plans that absolutely affected me, but would not check in with me at all. Or they would make deals or arrangements that excluded me very purposefully. Oh, actually, that's my story. That's my limiting belief. And so as I'm having complete breakdowns and locking myself in a closet and crying and angrily journaling and writing down all of my thoughts, I start to realize, like, actually, I am making this all about me. And the reality is this has nothing to do with me. These guys aren't thinking about me at all. They're just doing what they do. And I am the one personalizing it. Now, I've had that aha moment many times, but it is always helpful for me to remember and to step into that place. And because then the next step, my friend, is where I can go, okay, so what do I want? How can I insert myself into this situation or ensure that my boundaries are being protected? Oh, the next fear is, is, well, what will they think of me? They'll think I'm a bitch. Everybody thinks I'm this raging asshole. Okay. They can think that. And again, the reality is, is they don't actually spend a lot of time thinking about me at all. (laughs) The fact that I am actually creating the villain in their story and then starring in that role, like that's all me. But here's the flip side of it. We can sit in that exploration and do the shadow work and identify our thoughts and fears and our limiting beliefs, aka all of our, or aka all of our beliefs. And then it is not until we choose to also let those go that we can then move forward. And this is where I actually think like the planning and the plotting and the contracts, they are useful. They serve a purpose. They allow you to take the fear and doubt and uncertainty and go, I see you. Here's a potential solution. You can go now. So I didn't want to make this episode. I think last season was very prescriptive. Like here are three things that you can do in order to, cha- to tackle this challenge that is a very common experience for business owners. Great. Like that gave me structure. That gave me a place to anchor into. And when I was speaking with my consigliere, who, if you've been listening, you've heard me reference her many times. And she was the one that really pushed me off the ledge to create this in the first place. What I realized is as much of as much as I love and my eco fucking adores a plan and a structure, it's in the chaos that my magic really shows up. And it's when I don't plan and I haven't scripted it out and I don't have a list of bullet points to cover. <laughs> and I just step into the moment. And my fear is, is that we'll feel very disorganized, that I am rambling, that there's no point. Why would you want to listen to something that doesn't have an aha moment at the end of it where there isn't what's in it for you? And okay, sure, that might be real. Or maybe you enjoy just having a conversation, a very one-sided conversation with me. That's why you can always email your questions, hello at NicoleBZ.com. And then it'll feel like a slightly more dynamic conversation. 
But in terms of really sitting down with the fears and the doubts and the uncertainty, and also side note, I've actually been doing this every day. I am working with Miranda Bennett from A Sacred Way through a series. It can easily be an hour and a half of exercises daily. And one of them is actually really sitting down with your triggers and your shadows and your your FUD, your fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and calling it out. What is the dark side say? And also, like, what is the light? What is the hope? What is the compassion? And it is a much more dynamic, detailed exercise than that. But it's been really interesting for me because it's fucking hard. And it's so easy to get sucked into that dark side. I'm not going to do a Star Wars analogy, don't worry. <laughs> but it is way easier to be there and to, to stay there and to actually then sit with the light to illuminate the hope. That takes effort. And I'm still exploring that. So earmark this one more on that later. But in the interim, when you find yourself in an experience that fucking sucks and or you are getting to experience that over and over again, it's a pattern that is absolutely cycling. Start with what is this current situation? Just write it all down. Speak it out loud. Record it into an audio memo. Like maybe you're just sitting in your car. Maybe you're driving, listening to this. Like hit pause and just yell out everything that fucking sucks. We need to be very real with where we are at right now. This is where I start with all of my clients, with every business that I work with and consult to, whatever it is, we do an assessment of the situation at hand. No judgment, not even a how did we get here. It's just about where are we right now. Then we can talk about our desired situation. And again, say it out loud, scream it into the universe, write it all down, put it on a post-it note that you hide, whatever you want to do. Here's where it gets interesting. The next question to ask yourself is, what does that desire feel like? And where do I feel unsafe, uncertain, or threatened? I can't remember. I'm getting to the point now where I can't remember if I wrote about it in a blog or I put it in the loop, which is my monthly newsletter. If you haven't signed up, go to NicoleBZ.com and sign up for my newsletter. If I've spoken about it on a podcast or social media. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but I just released the anti-business school in November and it was incredibly successful. I was so excited and so thrilled by everyone that signed up. And also I didn't hit my targets and my metrics. And this exploration was offered in turn. It was, it was a little bit different, but this idea of, well, why didn't I want that? Why didn't I want to hit my targets? And asking that question exposed some really interesting scenarios. Sure, some fears, but like more or so realities of my current business, the support that I have, the resources that I have, the structures that exist, and what I'm afraid of. And again, if you've worked with me, you'll, you've heard me say this a million times, but fear of success and fear of failure are two sides of the same coin. And most of the people that I'm working with, it's not a fear of failure. Like, yeah, we talk about a lot, we talk a lot about that. And it's like, I don't know, it's a really fucking popular thing to explore and imposter syndrome and blah, blah, blah. But like, what's on the other side of that is actually a fear of success. What will my people think? How can I handle this much work? This is going to be so much more bookkeeping, my nemesis of bookkeeping. Um, 
what happens when? Well, if, if I'm at capacity right now, if I'm working 60 hours a week right now and I double my success, surely that means I'll have to double, if not triple my work. And I can't do that. I'm already in burnout. So why would I create more of this? Those are just a couple of the things that might come up when you say, well, what feels threatening about my goals? What feels threatening, unsafe, insecure, just damaging, destructive, hurtful, painful, scary about what I desire? And then from there, you can say, well, what do I need to do to feel safe? What do I need to create to offer myself, my ego, my fears, those old perspectives? I'll often ask people to name their voices in their head that tell them they can't. And there's usually a few. I call my, my star of the show is Judge Judy. She's, she's a real pain in my ass. <laughs> but when I externalize her and I name her, I can have a, a different conversation. So it's like, okay, Judge, what do you need to feel safe in this situation? And, and she's got some pretty pedantic pretty fucking old school capitalist, colonialist things that she wants checked off. And then I have the opportunity to satiate her or just tell her that, look, we're not doing that this time. And you're going to be okay with that. <laughs> and yes, sometimes I have these conversations out loud and it sounds like I am a crazy person. I'm okay with that. But so from there, you can really go that actually like act, creates action items for you. So what is my current situation? What is my desired situation? How does that desire feel unsafe or threatening? And then what do I need to do to feel safe? What I want to talk about a lot outside of this podcast, but for this sort of next few weeks is success. You know, what is this desire? Where did this come from? What is your definition of success? So stay tuned on socials. And if you're listening to this at any point, this workshop will exist most likely on my website, which will obviously be linked in the show notes. So whenever you're listening, you'll be able to access your definition of success. Because so many of us are actually trying to create something that is not necessarily our desire. We are fulfilling the dreams of our caretakers or our culture or our education system or a combination of all of them or just potentially even an older version of yourself. Again, the last few years have been fucking wild. And the biggest challenge for my business owners in the year of 2020 was that their values shifted. Sometimes their entire businesses shifted, their customers shifted, their products shifted. And they were still trying to create this definition of success that was from when they first started their business or, you know, they got married or had a lot of business owners that I work with get pregnant and that shifts everything in a moment. Their definition of success becomes very, very different, except that <laughs> they're still trying to fulfill this old de definition or they've just added a new marker, a new success metric into the old. And so they're actually trying to create two things that are like very conflicting as in, you know, I want a franchise, I want multiple brick and mortar locations and businesses in my market. And also I want to go to part-time. <laughs> like, and not to say that those two things are mutually exclusive. We can absolutely create a scenario that honors both of them, but they're going to look very different than when it was simply, I want multiple locations with the franchise sort of mentality and, and structure behind them. So from there, <laughs> stay with me because it's all, I promise this all wraps up. That is about the process. And this is kind of where we started. The work does not equal the work. 
the work being, you know, your to-do list, your business activities, your action items, that stuff's actually fucking easy. It's why we're doing it or not doing it that is the work. And taking the breaks, taking the pauses, giving yourself an opportunity to go through these explorations, really checking in with yourself. How do I feel about this now? Do I still want to be doing this? I know I mapped out my 2020 podcast plan. And now that it's March, do I still want to be talking about what I'm going to talk about in March? How can you find joy in the moment, delight in the mundane? This is the work. It's creating accessible, enjoyable experience right now. Because sure, we're always going to have a desired outcome. There's always going to be something that we're creating. And the reality is, is in this moment, we don't have that thing. That's the whole fucking point. If you had everything, <laughs> there, there would be like, what, the, what would you be doing? So even when we perceive ourselves that future self that has all of the things and the body and the partner and the financial situation and the relationships and the community and the business is potentially, that person's also going to have desires that are not a part of their immediate experience. So then let's just fucking enjoy this. Okay. So finding that rhythm in this moment, and you can do it by simply closing your eyes and placing your hand on your heart and tuning into your breath and your heartbeat. There's a rhythm. That is an incredible way of centering in this moment and then saying, okay, what do I want to do next? My favorite question that's coming up, what is the next thing I can do <laughs> to make everything else easier or potentially unnecessary? And oftentimes it's not your work. It's the work. It is taking a moment to clear out some of that fear, uncertainty, and doubt so that you can find the joy in the mundane and the task at hand. You can always handle more. You can create the capacity for more, whatever that more is. It can absolutely be shit, struggle, stress. It can also be peace, inspiration, creativity, trust. When you tune into, well, where am I at? What am I creating? You can say, oh, well, fuck. Like, this is, I, I'm actually spinning out right now. I did that a lot in the last week. I am creating this fantastical story that I am the martyr. I am suffering. I am being punished. And it feels like shit. I'm going to stop that right now. There is a rhythm in that as well. And so I've been kind of, really trying to feel that out. Well, what is the rhythm of this moment? What rhythm do I want to choose? Am I listening? I was just going to say, am I listening to a samba beat? Or am I listening to a classic four on the floor rock beat? That's totally up to you. You will have a rhythm that serves you in this moment. And then you can choose, you could change the song. And I think something else that we, especially in business and ownership and leadership, don't allow ourselves is uncertainty. It is okay to not know the answer. And I know as a leader, it can be really scary to show up like that. But some of the best, most inspirational, compelling leaders have said, 
I don't know, then here's what we're going to do next. It is okay to be unsure. And in fact, when we admit, when we accept, when we allow that, we can find a different rhythm. And it actually gives us permission to look for a different answer. And like, this is again, what's happening when I'm trying to plan out an entire year to give myself certainty and structure and something to, to anchor into. Cool. And also, if I find myself not wanting to record that episode or not scheduling the interviews or not, 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 maybe, maybe there's a different course of action available. And when I say, well, I don't know, I don't know if I want to keep doing it like this. I'm unsure that this is going to actually work out the way that I intended. We literally open up a whole new room for activities and we can scale it back and ask ourselves, well, what is the choice I need to make right now? What if I take all of that other stuff off the table? I'm not saying it's gone forever, but just for this moment while I'm feeling blinded, suffocated by uncertainty and doubt and fear and stress and struggle. Okay. I can clear this table and just start fresh. And it might not be the to-do list, the schedule for today. It might be me disappointing some people and saying, hey, look, I'm not going to be able to show up for this. I, I am aware that that's going to affect you and your day. And when I have the capacity in an hour or in 24 hours or at the end of the week, let's touch base again and we'll discuss it. And I completely own this. And this is just where I'm at right now. You can look back. You can look back on all of your experience and all of the lessons learned. Please make sure you're looking at the evidence for your success as well. And allow that to inform your current moment. Just, again, be real. What didn't work? Pushing through. Pushing through burnout. Showing up for that meeting that you were resentful and checked out for. And actually the one that was shutting down all the other ideas because you just weren't up for it. You know, like. <laughs> maybe you're not being there will actually be of benefit to everybody else. It's like when I talk about delegation and hiring, you might actually find someone who does things differently and dare I say better in some ways than you. Taking your hands off the wheel, pull over to the side of the road, <laughs> but that it is in that uncertainty and in that chaos, that's actually where the magic happens. And I talked a lot about this in the liminal space. Be a big enough leader, a big enough person that you can say, I don't know. And, and I, that's okay. Find the joy in that moment. Because when you can show up to the tough stuff with grace, and friend, I am the least graceful person far fucking out. If you got to move through a day with me, you'd be surprised that I am still alive. <laughs> but when you could show up for the tough stuff with some space, some grace, some allowing, firstly, it moves through so much quicker. You really can transform, transmute, alchemize that pain and suffering into joy in a moment. But we're just so attached to that character who's suffering. I'm so, I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family and nobody cares about me. And I work so hard for everybody else. And, and then they all order meat when I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for like 30 years, those motherfuckers. Like, okay, so don't just make food in the fridge, bitch. Like, get the fuck over it, you know? And that was a silly example. But I'll tell you what, it didn't feel silly in the moment. And, but I can laugh about it and it, and it becomes a 
hopefully enjoyable story. <laughs> and something someone else suggested to me once upon a time was show up undefended. Rather than like armoring up and going into battle, what happens if it's not a win or lose? What happens if everybody can win? How do you approach a situation, especially a pattern, a trigger, an individual, if you're not ready to fucking fight? And the same with work or with Mondays or the to-do list or bookkeeping. Like, what if you just show up and rather than resist every moment, I talked a lot about this when I was bitching about bookkeeping last year, so I won't get into it. But like, the struggle is not real. You are creating the struggle. I am creating my own struggle. And when I stop, when I find the rhythm of peace or allowing or even fun, you know, this is why we listen to music while we're working out. Because the music is enjoyable. Pushing yourself. And actually, I kind of wanted to use this analogy when I was talking about the, our capacity, our capacity for more. Someone pointed out like, you know, when you're doing leg exercises, especially, and it starts to hurt, like your legs support you all day, every day. They can handle more. And that pain that you feel, and you know, I'm not telling you to like actually fucking hurt yourself, but there's a huge difference between that like building muscle, sore muscle resistance and, and physical discomfort and like actual doing damage pain. Most of us stop way and myself 100% raising my hand right now. Stop early because it's like uncomfortable. But it's in exploring that discomfort that we find our edge, our expanded boundaries. And then suddenly we're lifting heavier weights. We're doing more squats. So I'm able to go skiing for a lot longer because I pushed that boundary. And even though it was uncomfortable, I allowed it in a way that wasn't stressful or hurtful or struggling. It wasn't some like victim narrative. So explore that. Explore when those stories pop up. Sit with the difficult hard stuff. By no means the first person to suggest this. I've just been doing this for the last week. And it's actually the work. It's my to-do list. It's getting shit done that is so much easier than sitting with my fucking stories or my shadow or my limiting beliefs and going, okay, where the fuck did this come from? Why am I telling myself this? What is it about my goals and my desire that is so scary that I'm actually choosing pain and struggle to stay stuck? How does strength, my friend, that is sitting with the tough stuff and doing it gracefully, doing it, dare I say, joyfully? I was going to call this episode the illusion of future, but I'll use that as a fun segue to talk about what I do hope to do. So something I've been wanting to do for years now is a book club because I'm a fucking book nerd. And you know that because I reference books and it's kind of all the same books. I've realized that now. So at least one, if not two episodes a month are going to be the Quantum Business Book Club. And I will title the episodes as such with the name of the book and link to bookstore.org, which is an independent directory so that you can find your local bookstore to purchase this book or purchase a digital version and then download that to your digital reader. I'm a digital reader person myself. And these books again, are going to be the ones that I've talked about a lot. And I would love to move these book clubs to in-person. And I need participants for that. So once we get to a certain threshold, we'll absolutely move these to Zooms and then eventually meetups. That was going to be the whole point when we could meet up. <laughs> but I don't know. That may or may not be a thing. And I'm certainly not going to let that hold me back because I've been dying to 
deconstruct some of these books. And I'm hoping to touch on some of the classics and also some really new fun books that have been very expansive for me. And to literally give you a cheat sheet, I know not all of us are readers, so I would also like to create a resource for my listener, aka you, and we can have conversations about them as well. I am also going to be doing interviews, and the reason you, you've gotten to listen to my dulcimer tones for the last 45 minutes is scheduling the interviews has not been easy, but again, I'm not going to let that hold me back. So I will be talking with fellow business owners who are walking a different path, who have chosen to explore the magic and the chaos and the ritual and the divinity in their leadership and how they approach running a very, as I like to say, straighty 180 business or lifestyle while also being spiritual. And it's not so much an intersection as it is a overlapping because my the editor of this podcast, Shannon Kuehl. You should check her out. She is an amazing resource for me. Don't edit this out, Shannon. <laughs> she and I, like only a couple months ago, realized we're both woo AF. And that's what I'm talking about. Like why we're all hiding this. I know, I know, believe me, like blah, 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 past lives, burned at the stake, all the things. Um, but also, <laughs> like I think this is a pretty fucking popular conversation right now. And I want to do it in a manner that is grounded. I want to do it in a way where we're discussing all sorts of, you know, quote unquote proven facts, but also very real experiences and why straighty 180 business owners are using spirituality, the universe, Mama Earth, cards, all sorts of tools, energy workers in their success. So, at some point, there will be interviews. <laughs> Next episode, I'm definitely, I'm going to discuss Think and Grow Rich, which is a book by Napoleon Hill. I will link to that in the show notes. Actually, Shannon will link to that in the show notes. Let's be real. It is, the reason I want to talk about this book, firstly, it's a classic. It was written like literally 100 years ago. I've not done enough research to figure out if this character is actually real or not, but the reason that I want to talk about it is every single leader, coach, guru, teacher, and successful person has used this playbook. And they may not know it because it has been so regurgitated and repurposed and redefined as someone else's ideas or system. But it is like the most classic tools for success. And most importantly, the way you think about creating your success and how you can come from nothing and no one to being sublimely free. And that to me is my definition of success, freedom, the ability to do whatever I want in any given moment. So I look forward to dissecting that with you. And if you have any questions, email hello at NicoleBZ.com. I will absolutely address them and also keep an eye out for your own definition of success. I'm going to come up with a vibier name, I think, hopefully, which will be just a fun little online workshop that will roll out sometime in the next couple of weeks. And the first interview, I don't want to like give it away, but it should be both very 
confrontational and ideally hilarious. So with that, my devoted divine listener, who I literally wake up for every day, I bid you adieu. (laughs) I hope you are enjoying the, I mean, honestly, I don't actually give a shit about New Year's. It's like not even something that feels like a thing for me. But it is a beautiful Saturday, which is definitely a thing for me. So I'm going to get out into the sparkling snow and uh, see you soon. Talk to you soon. Love you more.